You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show. I'm your host, Fatima Al Sayed, and this week's show is brought to you by Tanzacan. On this weekly talk show, we invite experts to learn from their career journeys as professionals in their fields. Tune in every week on Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear the advice of these professionals. And remember, if you have any questions for the panelists, you can always leave them in the comments section. On today's show, our guest is Mastora Sayed. Mastora redefines education one chemistry lesson at a time. Assalamualaikum, Mastora. How are you? Assalamualaikum. I'm doing good, you know, making the most of this quarantine life. How are you doing? <laughs> doing well as well. Um, I think we're all in the same boat in that. Just yeah. trying to make it the best of it um, mm-hmm. and make the best of a really, I think, unsettling situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Mastura is a first year chemistry um, teacher. It's her first year teaching. Um, she teaches grade 10 uh, currently. Uh, so she's going to tell us a little bit about her journey into getting into this field and um, how they teach chemistry differently at her school, uh, which is, uh, I think, Mr. Ray, you told me that it was a, uh, a startup now, right? Right. Yeah, it was our, it's our actually second year. The school started last year, mm-hmm. at the vocational school. So, yeah, it's brand new. It's very cool. Very interesting. I'm really excited to hear uh, and let others hear uh, what you do. So let's start off by telling me about um, why you got into this field and how. So um, growing up, I had no idea I wanted to be a teacher at all. Um, I had friends who had told me you would make a great teacher and I'm like, no way. So when I went <laughs> to school, I thought I was going to, I went in, um, in an engineering program. I thought I was going to be an engineer. And then I realized that I just can't be working in a lab every day for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of need like face-to-face people interaction. So I knew I wanted to do something more meaningful. Um, so I thought I was going to go into nursing. I realized that was not for me. And then I finally figured out that teaching was my passion. So, How did you uh, figure out that it was teaching that you wanted to, to do? Because there's a lot of routes that you can go into um, in that specific field uh, within chemistry. Definitely, yeah. So um, I just felt like I wanted to make something meaningful out of my life. I wanted to make an impact on other people's life. And I thought the best way that I could do that is through teaching. And hopefully, I hope I can make that difference with my students. Inshallah. Inshallah, yeah. Um, So what do you think are the core skills that you need as a teacher? Um, there's a lot. You definitely have to be caring and understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some teachers can be really strict and that's not going to work. Um, you also have to be outgoing. You need to be willing to try different things because teaching evolves every day. Mm-hmm. Um, just like I was saying, like our school is trying to go away from the traditional route of education. So you need to be willing to try new things. Yeah. And you also have to always continue learning. So just because you're a teacher, that doesn't mean the learning stops. So you have to continue trying to improve your profession. From your experience being, um, you know, you're a recent student uh, and now you're in that teacher position. Uh, How have you seen education change, if at all, within just the past few years? Um, Methods, I guess. Yeah, technology is the number one way it's changing. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was in high school, I didn't even have like 
the school didn't provide Chromebooks or iPads or anything. So now all my students have their own Chromebook. Mm -hmm. So using technology is a huge difference. It definitely engages the students a lot more and it definitely enhances what they're learning. And also, at least in my school, we try to stay away from like, you know, the traditional having your desks in rows, the teacher just lecturing the whole time. We really try to do like student-centered activities and have students kind of learn on their own and we're the facilitator in that. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's so interesting. So how do you set up the classroom then? Just give us like a visual so we can sure. see it with so you. I, in my own classroom, I have the desks set up into groups of three. Mm -hmm. But what's really unique about our school is we have open learning areas. So the classrooms kind of spill out into this open area that kind of is like a lobby on each floor. So mm -hmm. they're not just confined to their desk the whole time. We try to do activities where they can go in between classrooms and use the open learning area. Do you feel it's more um, conducive to learning and uh, gaining the student's interest? Oh, absolutely. I feel like if they're just sitting in rows, not collaborating with one another, they'll get bored really easily. They'll stop paying attention. But when you have students do hands-on activities, they do kinesthetic work, it definitely keeps them engaged and increases their learning. Mm -hmm. And there's that debate on, you know, should we keep the traditional um, teaching method versus having the technology come in? Uh, some people may think that technology distracts students or it doesn't keep them on track or it may, you know, make them dumber. <laughs> <laughs> Just to put it plainly, what do yeah. you think about that? So I actually had this conversation with my own students a couple weeks ago and I had them reflect on technology and does technology improve your education or can it actually hurt their education? Mm -hmm. So in ways of improving their education, they said that they keeps them engaged, they have access to more resources, mm -hmm. there's different ways to learn. And then the downfall of education, like you said, it can make students a little lazy because mm -hmm. it's so easy to just look up answers and research things. So in that way, it can be detrimental because maybe they're not like making the most of their education. Yeah. But I personally feel like um, the good definitely outweighs the bad. And does it sometimes uh, increase the number of cheaters in the classroom? Unfortunately, yes. I feel like nowadays because technology is so accessible, it's a lot easier to cheat. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I tried having a conversation with them. And I've just said, you know, you spend the majority of your life in school, you're here every day, um, just make the most of it. Why waste your time and try to just take the easy way out? If you're here for a reason, you know, try to gain that knowledge. And that's such, such an important piece of advice because a lot of uh, times when you are that student in high school sitting there in the classroom, you feel forced to be there. Mm -hmm. uh, you're not thinking about your future as much as, you know, um, you do when you're in college or university. Mm -hmm. so, do you have students come up to you and talk to you, have that conversation with you on, you know, what they want to do in the future and what advice have you given them? So um, what's unique about my school, like I mentioned, it's a vocational mm -hmm. school. So they already have a major picked out. So in my STEM Academy, there's three majors. It's, it's either engineering, um, biomed or mm -hmm. computer science. So surprisingly, these students kind of already have an idea what career path they want to take. But in terms of advice, they have asked me where I went to school, if I commuted or if I stayed in dorms and stuff like that. And I, I told them I commuted and I just tell them to, even though you have your major picked out right now, it's okay if you change your mind. Mm 
Mm -hmm. um, I changed my mind quite a few times, like I mentioned mm -hmm. earlier, and just figure out what your passion is and just run with that. Mm -hmm. Going back to your career uh, route, when you chose your career, how did you get into, um, did you do teaching school? Are there different types of ways you can get into um, becoming a certified teacher? Right, so at least in Jersey, there's two main ways to be a teacher. It's either the traditional route or the alternate route. Mm -hmm. I took the traditional route, but I can explain both. So alternate okay. route, um, you just get your bachelor's and you start teaching right away. And while you teach, you kind of are still taking classes to become certified mm -hmm. and you end up getting like a lower certification. If you take the traditional route, you have to, um, like I had a concentration in education. So you take those classes to teach and you also get certified. So by the time you graduate, you have your teaching license. Mm -hmm. um, and the route you took? I took um, traditional route. Traditional route. Um, so did you feel that that was uh, better for you in terms of uh, where you're at right now or would you have wished to take the other route? Um, I definitely, definitely feel like the traditional route was the better choice. Mm -hmm. It did make me stay an extra year. So I did graduate a year late, but it was definitely worth it because I feel like if I took the alternate route, I would definitely not be the teacher who I am today. Mm -hmm. I feel like I would have been that traditional teacher who just gives lectures and does PowerPoints mm -hmm. and doesn't really try to get creative. Mm -hmm. um, and doing the traditional route also opened a huge opportunity for me to network with people and find people in my field, which is so important because they'll help you grow professionally. So what experiences do you have in the field before you started working? Um, so I student taught for a year. Mm -hmm. That really helped me a lot because I learned so much from there. I was able to like plan lessons and actually go through with them. And at the same time, receive feedback from my mentor teacher and other professors in my program. I also substitute teached for like three or four years. Mm -hmm. um, and I was a TA for a couple of years at my university. So that was also some teaching experience, but with college students. Was that a different type of te teaching experience? Um, yes. So being a TA is very different because I was a TA for two labs mm -hmm. and um, college students in labs, they kind of just want you to do it for them or just give the answers. But I feel like it also helped me because I was able to bring those lab skills into my classroom today. Mm -hmm. So um, I try to give a lab to my students at least, I try my best to do once a week um, and they love labs. So it definitely made me more confident in leading labs because I had so much experience teaching other kids how to use a lab. And it must be a little stressful leading labs in like uh, in a classroom where someone could make any mistake and <laughs> especially teenagers who don't want to take anything seriously yeah it can be it can be a little stressful and I've made it clear to them that the days we have lab like we need to take it seriously it's a safety concern you know I went through all the safety with them they had to take a quiz they had to sign a contract mm -hmm. and of course you know every now and then there are a few kids who I catch fooling around and then they're not allowed to do the lab yeah um, so you mentioned a little bit about the students, so the, your school's teaching uh, philosophy, I can say, um, the student-centered lessons, open learning areas. Uh, what other things are you doing that's different than other schools? So um, we try to also do a lot of interdisciplinary lessons, which is basically bringing in other sciences or other subjects. 
So we want to have like a coherent flow between their classes. We want to make all their classes relate to one another, mm. which I feel like other schools That's don't so really do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you go to chemistry class, you learn chemistry, you go to math, you learn math. Mm -hmm. So we try our best to have them flow um, just so it increases their learning, their engagement, and it kind of makes their classes more meaningful. Mm -hmm. um, we also use a lot of technology. Um, we have these 3D virtual glasses to do some lessons in virtual reality. We've tried augmented reality. Um, That's so interesting. How does that work? So basically, I haven't used it yet. Like I said, I'm a first year teacher, but I do have some uh, coworkers who've used it. And they basically, um, one coworker, she's an English teacher. She's covering like Frankenstein unit. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a scavenger hunt where they use their phones for augmented reality and they find whatever she put into that virtual world and the activity goes around that. Wow. Um, <laughs> I wish I had that when I was in school. Right, that's what I tell my kids all the time. Once they start <laughs> complaining, I'm like, listen, I wish I went to a high school like you guys. You guys have Seriously. it all. You guys have everything there for you. Um, how are you dealing right now with uh, the COVID-19, um, you know, being isolated, being away from your students, having to, are you teaching from home? Yeah, so I am teaching from home. It's definitely very different and has been an adjustment. Um, my kids are surprisingly doing well, but I definitely do miss them a lot. Um, and so we teach from home. I we don't do any video chatting. My district isn't allowing us to do that. Mm -hmm. We use a platform called Canvas. So I post our assignments on there. And I've also been trying to keep things light and positive. So for example, sometimes I post announcements and I tell them to comment below. So I know that they've read the announcement. Mm -hmm. but I'll tell them to comment. For example, one time I said comment with the last thing that made you laugh. Mm -hmm. So I had 120 students just talking about what made them laugh. And it was so entertaining for me to read. And of course, for them to read what each other is saying. And it's so positive too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you get a few laughs out of it? Absolutely. I did. <laughs> and I actually, for that thread, I responded to each student just so they know that I'm reading what they're saying, mm -hmm. that I do care. Can you tell us, can you share with us uh, the funniest story that you heard on there? Okay. Everyone might not get it because it's a chemistry joke, but my, my students love TikTok. I don't know if you're familiar with TikTok. Mm -hmm. So these high schoolers love it. So she was talking about how she came across the TikTok where a guy um, looked up the formula for nitric oxide. Mm -hmm. and it was actually NO. So he thought the computer was saying no. Slammed <laughs> his computer shut. Yeah, it was really funny. That's so cute, and I like that they're sort of like pulling in the chemistry. Exactly. Into yeah, it, really which is so, so nice. excited to share something chemistry related. Mm -hmm. Does it make you proud when you see that? You feel like you are getting through to them. Absolutely. Yeah. Because speaking of that specific one, um, that student herself, she's pretty shy in class. She doesn't talk mm -hmm. to me that much. But I saw her like write this whole paragraph about a TikTok, and I could tell she was really excited to share. Mm -hmm. So I was like, That's it's nice to reach out to them in different platforms. Yeah, exactly. And sort of uh, it breaks that um, you know social anxiety for some students being online versus being in person. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's as educators, it's important for us to also keep in mind that, you know, this is so brand new from them and to not like, you know, overload them with work and to just be as flexible and understanding as possible. What was your biggest inspiration growing up? 
that so, led you into this field or just biggest inspiration in, uh, in general? So I've had a, so many different inspirations. I don't think I can just say one thing, mm -hmm. but my parents definitely is one of my biggest inspirations. Um, they've always pushed me to accomplish and to accomplish my goals and to be successful. Um, my husband's also a huge inspiration. He was by my side through everything and definitely my friends and professors and teachers I've had in the past. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, I want to say also my faith was a big inspiration because that helped me stay focused and keep in mind my morals and values. Mm -hmm. and all was it hard balancing your faith um, and going through, you know, Western school, basically? Fatima, I can't hear you. Oh, can you hear me now? Hello. It seems that I have lost Mastura. Can you hear me? Okay, while we try to get uh, Mastura back, we can give you guys a couple of announcements. Um, so as you know, or you may have seen on our uh, Facebook page, we have a 12-month program, which is Adopt a Grandparent. Um, Emoji Outreach Foundation kicked off a new, a brand new program that is just simply amazing for both our youth and the elderly. It's called Adopted Grandparent, and it's for 12 months and it, where we match a youth with, uh, from ages 7 to 21 with an elderly. And in the program, they touch base with them every month and talk about a certain theme. For example, one month, the youth would try and learn what their adopted grandparent loves to eat or um, how to make it. And we believe that this is a great way to unite our youth with an elderly while giving both so much joy. So to sign up, you can just visit our platform at www.emojiareach.org slash care. Okay. So we've got Mastura back here. Hi, Mastura, how are you? Hey, sorry, I don't know what happened. Back. No worries. <laughs> Gave us a chance to give a little announcement about our new program. Um, so we were talking about um, your, if I can remember. I finished saying what my biggest inspiration is. Yeah, what your biggest inspiration is. <laughs> and I was gonna ask you about, um, oh yes, your faith. So how that was balancing it within, you know, being in uh, schools in the West? Yeah, so um, me and one of my closest friends, we actually co-founded an organization at Rutgers Newark called Ahlobate Student Association. Um, there was one on the New Brunswick campus, our sister campus, but we co-founded it over in Newark. And I feel like that also played a huge role and was a huge inspiration as well. Um, our events weren't catered to just Muslims. It was catered to the whole campus and we really want to focus on the youth um, and that definitely helped us stay on track and reminded us what was important um, in mm -hmm. terms of morals values all of that so that played a big role and also constantly reminding us and our friends you know what actually matters what's really mm -hmm. important because i feel like it's really easy to get distracted mm -hmm. um, especially in the west yeah so that definitely helped us stay on track 
And especially in the university setting where you're somewhere that is less, I think, constricting um, within, you know, classrooms, within different, uh, you have your own schedule, you have your own, I guess, there's like a couple hours between classes sometimes. So a lot more freedom, definitely. Mm-hmm. A lot more, um, which is uh, so amazing. Do you bring some of that to your own classroom? Um, nothing faith-based, but definitely, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm even Of course. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of like morals and values. Right, right. So I do these things called restorative circles. I've done it a few times so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to do it once a month, but now we're quarantined, but it's okay. <laughs> and it's basically where we take a class period and I have my students reflect really on themselves. Mm-hmm. And the questions that I'll have them reflect on definitely have them thinking about their morals and values. For example, you know, them thinking about how technology can be bad in terms of let's say for example cheating so I kind of use that class period for them to just think about what their morals are and Mm -hmm. just googling answers and sharing test answers is the right thing to do yeah which is uh, such important debates because it's something that builds a base for them later on for other things you know not just uh cheating which is just an example right um is there advice that you can give to uh, or do you give to your current high school student or sorry yeah do you give to your current high school students that help them to make decisions to improve their chances for jobs later on in the future um yeah so I definitely tell them you know figure out your passion follow it um it's okay to change your mind we have a um what do you call it public speaking class and Mm -hmm. they had to prepare as if they're going to an interview for their field and I actually helped with that class I visited a few times And so our school does definitely prepare our students to go into an interview, look at the types of questions that they might be asked. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought it was really cool to have, you know, 10th graders, 15 year olds look at these advanced questions and prepare themselves years ahead. So I feel like the culture at my school does really prepare them. Mm -hmm. And I try my best to also incorporate it in my classroom. How was it the first day on the job? (laughs) My first week, I want to say it was like a half week, you know, Wednesday to Friday. Mm -hmm. Um, It was not the best and it was kind of scary. And I kind of just had a moment like, how am I supposed to do this for the rest of my life? I don't think I can do it. And my husband, who was actually my fiance at the time, he kind Mm -hmm. of was just like, listen, take it day by day. Stop stressing about the rest of your life for the rest of the year. And I followed his advice and I slowly got used to it and I started showing my actual personality I feel like I had a little bit of a wall built in the beginning Mm -hmm. and once I showed my personality I was able to just vibe with my students and we got along and had a good time what advice do you have for for new teachers Um, I think because you've been through it right now and you're talking about that wall is it easier to connect with students when you're not on the defense Absolutely. My advice to new teachers is it can definitely be overwhelming your first year, but just always remind yourself why you're doing this and try your best to um, be yourself because students can tell when you're being someone you're not. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to have a good relationship with them. The classes are going to be very boring and not interactive. Once once the students see that you're being yourself and you show that you care about them, it's going to be a completely different experience. And is there sort of a, how do you, I think for you being so young and having a class that is, you know, 
very close to your age. They could be your siblings. How do you have that balance between, you know, the student um, teacher role and also, you know, being their friend role? Right. Um, I think I've established a line of respect. Like they know when to get serious and do work and when we can just have a good time. Yeah. Um, they just, I feel like when you're real with them, they're real with you. So they just by being like that, they're going to respect you. So they, when I say, hey guys, we need to really get through this period. We have a lot to get through. They'll mm -hmm. be focused. And other days where it's more relaxed and chill, then we can have a good time and joke around. That's nice. And it's a, a good balance. Um, mm -hmm. and it's, sometimes I think it would be hard for some teachers to establish that balance, maybe with even younger students mm -hmm. um, who can't take it as seriously. <laughs> even, even my supervisors were worried about it. Like they mm -hmm. even pulled me aside one day and they're like, hey, is anyone giving you trouble? Are they yeah. respecting you? And I'm like, you know what? They're great kids. So. Yeah. Do yeah. you miss them? Absolutely. I miss them so much. And I was even thinking about this the other day. I was like, the last time I saw, like, this might go on for the end of the school year, right? Yeah. The whole quarantine thing, we don't know when it's going to finish. Mm -hmm. So I was just thinking, I didn't realize that the last time I saw them might be the last time I'm going to see them as my yeah. student. So it was kind of really sad. You didn't get the goodbye party. Exactly. Or anything. <laughs> Nothing at all. Because our last, the last time I saw them was a Friday. Mm-hmm. Knew we had Monday off and we thought we were going to see each other again on Tuesday. But over the weekend, that's when they said, hey, school's closed. Yeah. So there was no way to, you know, be like, sorry, guys, we'll see each other like goodbye, whatever. None of that. So. So we have unfortunately come to the end of our show already. Um, that passed by very quickly. But <laughs> our, our um, final question for you is what is your final piece of advice for our listeners? Okay. Um, there's a lot. Definitely figure out what your passion is. Go with that. Um, hold on to your faith. Look for opportunities out there. There's so many, like, for example, scholarship opportunities and stuff mm -hmm. that I could have taken advantage of that I just didn't know about. So definitely do your research because there's a lot of opportunities out there and surround yourself with good friends. Surround yeah. yourself with people who are going to keep you motivated and help you reach your goals because you're going to be a reflection of whoever you hang out with. So choose some good people in your life. Thank you so much, Mastora, for all of your amazing advice today, for taking us through your career. And we're sorry for that little hiccup in our <laughs> broadcasting system. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. It was great being here. I had a lot of fun. It was our pleasure. You were just listening to the UMentor Talk Show. If you missed this or future shows, you can always hear the replay on the UMentor website under prior talk shows. And while you're there, why not subscribe to our iTunes podcast so you never miss another show? If you want to reach out to any of our speakers, either today's speaker or previous speakers we've had on the show, visit our online platform at emojioutreach.org slash unleash the future slash groups, or just visit the UMentor website and hit the link for online platform. And don't forget, this year's Emoji Games 2020 are held in Richmond on July 3rd to 5th. Be sure to tune in next week on Saturday at 3 p.m. to hear from our next guest. <laughs>